Thanks for listening to the Thyroid Fixer podcast with your host, me, Dr. Amy Horneman, AKA the Thyroid Fixer, functional medicine practitioner, hormone and weight loss expert. We're talking all things thyroid, hormone and health related in order to empower, educate and transform you. So if you're ready to get your life back, let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm sporting, well, if you're listening to this on the podcast, you can't see me, but I'm sporting super casual today because I got back late last night from an amazing, amazing conference that I was at in Phoenix. So yeah, super casual today, long, long, long weekend, but full of amazing, amazing people. So what I learned that I can pass on to you is that you need to surround yourself with people like you. You need to be in a tribe. So you know that whole thing that you hear about, well, that filled me up. You know, you always hear that that term. Or that lit me up. That filled me up. You know, there's something to that. And when you get around like-minded people that get you, whether it's they get how you're suffering, they get the pain that you're in. I mean, that's why you're here listening to me because you know that I get you, right? Maybe that's why you're in a really good Facebook group because you know those people get you. When you are surrounded by people that get you and they are your peeps, your tribe, it literally does something inside. It does fill you up. And quite frankly, health aspect, I think there's something to it. I really think that it builds your resilience. It builds your immune system. It builds your your internal strength because that joy that being around like-minded people that get you, that joy that fills you up and, and gives you that sense of belonging that we all crave. We all crave to belong. Are you finally at your wit's end where you are tired of dealing with doctor after doctor? Maybe you've spent thousands on integrative or functional practitioners that have not helped you at all because they don't know the thyroid and hormones. They're not even testing properly. So come work with myself and my team. We prescribe to all 50 states and parts of Canada. I have you covered. I've been building this team for years so that I could help you no matter where you are. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes, book a free application call. We're going to go over your current health situation, what worked, what hasn't worked, all the things. And then we will pair you up with the right program for you where we will do it all. You will come out the other side of the program, totally optimized, getting your life back. You're going to recognize the person you see in the mirror again. Doesn't that sound absolutely amazing? Well, it might sound like you don't even believe it, but I promise you, I promise you, we will take good care of you. So click the link in the show notes, book a call today, and we'll be talking to you soon. And we all, so there was an awesome, let me back up. There was an awesome speaker, Radha Aguilar. She wrote the book, or maybe this was Mickey. So Radha and Mickey are sisters. They're both adorable. Um, They do something called Daybreaker, which is a morning dance party. And I believe it was Radha was speaking. And she said that people need two things. We all crave two things. One is to belong. And the other one is the search for happiness. It's that happiness and joy. And when you surround yourself with your tribe, more joy comes into you. 
and it fills you up. So I highly recommend doing that every so often and go find your friends, go be in a group of people that get you come here. We get you. I get you. And that way you can be filled with joy and hope because my mission is to instill hope for hypothyroidism. I, I want to instill hope in you every single day that you do not have to remain where you are. You do not have to remain frustrated, fat, tired, depressed, constipated, hair falling out. There is hope. And I will repeat it day after day. You will hear me say that over and over again. If you're an avid listener, thank you. And thank you for being patient. I don't think you can ever hear it enough, right? You can never have enough hope. But there's a lot of new people. There's people being diagnosed with hypothyroidism every single day. And we need to give them hope and bring them into our tribe and instill that hope in them so that they can feel that joy and they can feel that hope in their heart and not lose hope. I had one woman, this was, I believe it was the post, who said, and I commented back to her. She said, I'm so sick and tired of going to all these doctors and being told that I'm normal and my hair is falling out so badly, I'm ready to just give up and shave it in my head, shave it all off. What the hell? Just shaving it off. Like, no. And she said in there, I'm losing hope. And that's wrong. You cannot lose hope. You have to keep that because where there is hope, there's answers. And there's a chance at change. So surround yourself, be here, educate yourself. And let me just keep pouring in hope into you. So today we're going to be going over your most pressing questions. This is always a fun time when we do Q&A because it gives some variety. And I like answering your questions directly. These are the ones that come to me from patients. These are the ones that I see posted in the fantastic Facebook groups that are out there. So I love, love, love answering people directly. So this is going to help everyone, even if it's not your question. And I always encourage people, ask questions, because your question might be somebody else's question. Or at the very least, maybe it's it's a family member that you can help. And it just boop, triggers that little part of your brain where you go, you know what? I never even thought of it that way. Or I can give this information to my friend or my friend's mom or their family because they're struggling with it too. I was sitting next to a guy on the plane yesterday. We start talking, hey, what do you do? What do you do? His daughter is a professional tennis player that just beat Venus Williams or Serena Williams serving record at 130 miles an hour. That's insane to me. But we start talking about thyroid. Oh my gosh, I have a ton of family members. My aunt, you know, she's basically hopeless because nobody's helping her. So it's amazing when you start talking about what you're going through or asking questions, you can help somebody else. So just remember that. This one really got me. This one touched me on a personal level because many of you know my mom died from Alzheimer's. It was a long battle. Anybody that's gone through dementia, Alzheimer's with a loved one, that's that's a tribe in and of itself, right? Like we're all in this tribe over here because you don't get it unless you've been through it. Unless you have seen a loved one struggle with dementia, Alzheimer's, uh, ALS, Parkinson's, it is another level of frustration and pain and just, I mean, it just gets you because, and, and, and helplessness, not hopelessness, but helplessness. 
because there's not a whole lot you can do. Now, that being said, if I knew back then when my mom was first diagnosed what I know now, I believe I could have helped her more. And that's why I'm going to answer this question because I think I can at least instill some knowledge onto this person so that her um, her mom can be helped. So this is from Ashley. I'm going to read names, first names only. So if you're listening to this, you know it's you, although you probably know your own question, right? Hello, and thanks in advance for your help. My mother has atypical slow-progressing ALS, hypothyroidism, which came about after her parathyroidectomy, because during a parathyroidectomy, oftentimes they nick your thyroid, and then it stops working very well. Although with ALS, and we know that that is autoimmune, most likely if they really tested her, which I think we're going to get into her testing here. Oh, yeah. Um, yes, it can, hypothyroidism can come about after a parathyroidectomy. But since ALS is autoimmune, you know, nine times out of 10, autoimmune begets autoimmune. Where we see one, we see more than one. So we're going to see some Hashimoto's in this mix too. Mercury and mold toxicity and is positive for Borrelia bacteria. She's 69 underweight, no appetite, nausea, bloating, shortness of breath, vocal, dry skin, hair, muscle wasting, nearly unable to walk, fatigue, chronic headaches, thinning hair, pins and needles, and numbness in extremities, always cold but intolerant of heat. The list goes on. We are on a low and slow approach with all the treatments. She's not only in a fragile state, she's super sensitive to everything. So sorry, Ashley. This is just, see, this is why I'm reading it because we, we, we need to dive in. We got to we gotta help. Since she has been taking 25 micrograms of Levo daily since July when her TSH shot up out of nowhere, and that's when they diagnosed her with hypo. Doesn't sound to me like they did all the testing back then, but we'll get to that. Ah, right. So we had some additional thyroid labs run last week. She abstained from Levo for 10 hours prior to testing. Although just for you guys' information, you have to abstain from Leo. LIO, the T3, or anything with like NDT. So anything with T3 in it, we don't want that in the mix because that's going to jack up your T3 levels. Uh, so they, she abstained and then I'm hoping for some guidance without shocking her system or keeping her from gaining weight. Any recommendations, other possibilities? She's working with a functional doc, but we need to talk about some different things that this functional doc may or may not be doing. I'm going to go on a short soapbox and then I'll come back to this question. Functional. Do you know I talked to two new pa patients today, one seeing a functional air quote doctor and the other one seeing a naturopathic air quote doctor. Both patients are on T4 and T3. Both patients are on no more than five micrograms of leothyronine. One of those patients had thyroid cancer and had a total thyroidectomy. Do you think that five micrograms of leothyronine is enough? And do you, how can you call yourself a functional doctor or a naturopathic doctor and say, I'm not going to increase more than five micrograms? Well, that's good. Then go treat cats because five micrograms of leo is good enough for your cat. Stop using the term functional. Get out of the, they should take away your naturopath certificate license and have you treat cats because that's what you're good at right now because this patient is coming to you saying that she's suffering and you're not more than five you shouldn't be using the term functional so i'm hoping that this woman's functional doctor will actually take some of the things that i'm saying uh, however 
you know, a lot of it is going to be on the family too to make some changes. So viral globulin antibodies are above 500. What did I say? ALS, autoimmune. It's going to be Hashimoto's. I called that from a mile away before we saw the labs. Thyroid peroxidase, 112. Crazy autoimmune, right? These aren't like, well, maybe, you know, it's supposed to be less than 60. We're at a 40. No, no, no. These are flagged. These are big red, red marks on the page that her doctor or functional doctor should be looking at. TSH is 3.9. Free T3 is 3.2. Free T4 is 1.4. Reverse T3 is an 18, which is a little bit elevated, but I'm not surprised with the inflammation going on in her body right now. Vitamin D is 24. This is despite taking 10,000 units daily for more than a year. So, Ashley, a few things. Number one, I would change your mom over to armor because I know, and just a tiny little, start low. I mean, start low. I would even start because I know you don't want her to, to lose any more weight, but we want to give her cells on her brain the T3 that it needs. So you can start with a really low dose of armor that's going to give her that little bit of T3. Because right now you're giving her T4. It's not converting. That reverse, she has too much inflammation going on in her body. Her body's literally in a battle right now. And with that reverse T3 being 18 and vitamin D being low, she's going to really keep struggling to convert that T4. And in her case, I, I think the NDT is just a little bit more gentle so I would start, have her functional doctor, sorry, I get on my soapbox and I get all fired up, have her functional doctor start with a low dose of armor. And then on top of that, with the vitamin D, we do have to get that up, but don't go the prescription route. That is, it's going to be way too harsh, especially on a woman that's already a little bit older and, and battling something like this with a lot of inflammation. So what I would do with the vitamin D, you can safely go up to 20,000, but you want to A, be sure you're using a good brand. If you've been listening to me for a while, you know that I'm very brand specific. And I will put the link to the brand of vitamin D that I like in the show notes. So it's Designs for Health. I like the um, D Avail 10,000. It has a little bit of K in it. So actually you need a little bit of K in order to absorb vitamin D. And you want to make sure that she's getting in the, the other vitamins too, like a little bit of vitamin A and a good multi. You want uh, vitamin B, you want vitamin C in a very good form. So again, I'll put, I will put the, um, the multi that I would like for her would be the primal multi uh, from Designs for Health. And you don't have to go super like either, you know, one or two little capsules per day. That's going to give her really potent nutrients. I would do the vitamin D 10,000, D avail 10,000, but I would do two of those for 20,000 IUs per day. Make sure that she's taking it with fat. Make sure that she's on vitamin C. So I would use the C biofizz, which you can just add to her water. And that way she can sip it throughout the day and get a constant influx of vitamin C where it's not one more capsule that she has to take. Now, there is a liquid form as well if you prefer a liposomal form, but if she's okay with swallowing, like they're really teeny tiny tablets, teeny tiny, like little gel caps. If, if, if she can do that, I would do that to get her vitamin D up. And then I would also use something like a black cumin seed oil. So the benefit of armor is it's going to help push down those antibodies. And I would also use a little bit of black cumin seed, which is known to push down antibodies as well. 
So that's going to be a good anti-inflammatory. And then I would ask her doctor about LDN, low-dose naltrexone. LDN is very low, low, low side effect, if any. He would start her on 1.5 milligrams taken at night, but sometimes LDN can mess with your sleep. So you can take it at night or in the morning. And then he may or may not keep her there or gradually work up. It reduces inflammation. So all that inflammation going on in her body, you want to reduce the inflammation impact. And it will also reduce her thyroid antibodies. Now, dietary-wise, I I really want you to, number one, we have to get a little bit more weight on her, right? So you want to use a good, high-quality protein shake. So I like the bone broth base. I don't like whey protein. I don't like plant-based. You're looking at more inflammation. So let's use a bone broth base. So I like the pure paleo meal from Designs for Health. I'll put a link to that as well. And what I want you to do is to make her shake. So you're going to get a lot of nutrients. You're going to get the bone broth for her gut. You're going to get protein for her strength. And I want you to put two scoops in it when you're making it. In addition, I want you to add in an oil because that's going to increase the caloric content. This is what we do to prevent cachexia or muscle wasting for chemotherapy patients. So I want you to add in some coconut oil, almond butter, peanut butter, avocado oil, all of those oils. If she doesn't like coconut, use avocado oil. It just disappears. And I mean, really like glug, 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 glug. Pour that oil in. Do it yourself. It disappears. You can't even tell that it's in there. So I want you to do that with her, depending on her appetite. I would do that once or twice a day in addition to any real food that she is eating because we don't want her muscle wasting. So to prevent muscle wasting, you have to increase the protein intake as well as the caloric intake. We can't hold back on her thyroid medication for fear of weight loss. We have to do things to combat the weight loss because by holding back on her thyroid medication or keeping her on Leva only, which is also not functional, You said her functional doc is open to increasing the levo, but is concerned about potential weight loss. Obviously, her functional doc didn't even take five minutes like I did to think through this situation. You can't increase someone's levo who has a reverse of 18 and has ALS and has antibodies through the roof. You have to add in T3. Adding in more levo is only going to hurt the situation. It's only going to hurt it. So... That's doing a disservice to your mom. I also want you to really focus on lowering overall systemic inflammation by doing a low-carb diet. Now, I'm not talking about a keto low-carb diet to have her lose weight. We're talking about a very high-fat low-carb diet to take down the inflammation to actually keep weight on and or put weight on with the shakes that I just talked about. And in doing so, this is going to protect her brain. This is going to reduce the inflammation that is going on in her body. We know that things like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's are related to high insulin levels. I would impair, I, I would implore you to get an insulin level and a hemoglobin A1C on her. It may or may not be high, but regardless, the diet has to change to being a low carbohydrate diet because anytime you spike insulin, you are creating more inflammation in the brain. So any kind of aging neurological disease needs to be a low carbohydrate, low inflammatory, low sugar diet with, in her instance, a a focus on increased protein for that muscle and increased fat for that muscle and weight and and energy because the protein and the fat is going to help her get up. 
I would bet you money right now you are feeding her comfort food. And that is why, one of the reasons why she is so weak and unable to walk and has chronic headaches. And that's why her hair is thinning. Number one, she doesn't have enough T3, has a high reverse T3. Number two, she's most likely not eating enough protein if she's only 90 pounds. I know she doesn't have much of an appetite, but this is what we do. Right. This is what we do. think about a chemotherapy patient, right? After chemo, they're nauseous. They don't have much of an appetite. They are very, very fatigued. That's why we hide the fat in a shake. I don't care if you make that shake in the morning and it takes her four hours to get down. By using two scoops, you're giving her 40 grams of protein. And if you add enough fat, you could easily be giving her like 800 to 1,000 calories in one shake that she'll eat over four hours. If you do that twice a day, you're giving your mom 80 grams of protein and almost 2,000 calories. And that's separate from the good food, that, like real food food that she may be eating throughout the day. So if you want to have her eat things like fruit, that's fine. A very, very low sugar yogurt would be very good for her belly. And, and also it would be low sugar. It would give her a little bit more protein. That, Ashley, is what I would do with your mom. And I hope that helped you tremendously near and dear to my heart. There are things that you can do. I promise you, if you implement that now, there could be huge changes seen immediately. Get on your functional doc, stay on him or her. I believe you said it was him. And uh, if he's not willing to do those changes, then you got to run far, far away because he's not functional and he should be removed from the functional list. Cindy says, my hair does not grow as fast at times as I'd like it to. I have hypothyroidism and take what my internal medical doctor prescribed for it. I've read that illness and or the medicine for it can affect how fast your hair grows. I've taken biotin for a while. Don't know if it helped. Okay. So hair and hypo, uh, big deal. Big, big deal. So number one, Cindy, you're saying you have hypothyroidism and you take what your internal medical doctor prescribed for it. Right there. Just just, just stop, right? Just stop. You're probably on T4 only. Is your doctor optimizing your thyroid? Are you being tested for free T3 and reverse T3? These are all imperative to get the full picture. Your thyroid might be so out of whack and you might still be so hypo that of course your hair can't grow. In fact, nutrients can't even get to it because your circulation is down and the blood flow is down and the blood can't even get to your hair shaft to nourish it. Number two, do you have Hashimoto's? That's autoimmune. So we know autoimmune begets autoimmune, just like we said in the last question, that can lead to alopecia, which is also an autoimmune condition. So your soldiers, if we are not properly controlling those soldiers that are going out, whenever I talk about autoimmune, I would say you got these soldiers, they like to go out, they find something to attack. In the case of Hashimoto's, they're attacking your thyroid. In the case of alopecia, they're attacking your hair follicle. So those soldiers like to go out on a regular basis. And if your thyroid is not being optimized, if we don't, if we're not testing properly, if we don't have you on the right medication, then what's going to happen? Those soldiers are going rogue. And let's say you're eating gluten on top of that. Oh, well, then look the hell out. Those doors are opening up and those soldiers are going out and they will attack your hair and they may attack other areas too. So that's where we see rheumatoid arthritis and we see Crohn's disease and we see celiac because those soldiers, if not kept in their barracks, will go out and start attacking other organs, systems, your hair. So we need to know that. 
And if you don't know whether or not you're Hashimoto's, then you need to find a new doctor because your doctor is not even testing you for the TPOTG antibodies. So you need to know the reverse T3 and the free T3, and you need to know the antibodies. You need to know this. So we don't know whether or not you have Hashimoto's. We know that you're prescribed something. You've read that illness and or medicine for it can affect how fast your hair grows. So now if you're talking about illness in terms of hypothyroidism, Hashimoto's, the medication itself doesn't cause hair loss. Although, side note, sometimes the generic form of T4, so Levo, people can react to the fillers in it. So sometimes we will see hair loss based on that alone. Uh, but other time, other illnesses and the medications that go along with those illnesses can cause hair loss. So there are many, many medications out there. So in the case of... Um, if you're on a beta blocker, that can mess up your thyroid and cause hair loss. If a certain antidepressants can cause hair loss. If you are taking um, something that's very androgenic, something that boosts your testosterone unnecessarily through the roof and it's converting to DHT, that can cause hair loss. Although DHT really isn't the biggest cause of hair loss. It's usually autoimmune, hormonal, thyroid dysregulation, low circulation, things like that. And then biotin has been out. It doesn't work. It doesn't work for hair. It's been negated. Biotin can be tossed into a nice B complex, but that is not going to work for your hair. So number one, the biggest thing that works for your hair is, is topical. So I like the GHKCU peptide and C60. So number one, I would use the Oxano Grow. Uh, the Asir Custom Oxano Grow, I'll link to it. I interviewed Jay Campbell. He's one of the owners. And I've done a couple other podcasts on hair loss too that you can check out. And this stuff works. It works, it works. So if you look up GHKCU and look it up on PubMed, Google Scholar and hair, or go back and listen to my other podcast because I dive deep into the, the research papers that are out there. It has been around since the 70s. We know it works for hair and it helps your skin and you build collagen and your skin gets all better. That's why I use it topically. But I also use so there's a GHKCU topical for your face and then there's a GHKCU topical for your hair. So I'm using both and my patients have been using both and I'm hearing nothing but positive. Like I will literally get text messages saying like, oh my God, I'm addicted to this. My skin and hair has never been better. My hair is growing finally and my bald spot. So the GHKCU is amazing for hair. It's a peptide and it's combined with C60. So that's the copper peptide. So when you get the Oxano Grow and you're putting it on your hair, you use the, the part one, that's the GHK, and then you use the part two, that's the copper peptide. And you just rub it in, rub, squirt it on your scalp, rub it in, rub it in. Internally, I like using C60 Purple Power. This is carbon 60. It is a potent antioxidant. It decreases inflammation out the wazoo. That is also what is in the topical hair serum from Oxano. This is something that you take orally. I give it to my dog. It reduces inflammation. It protects him. It helps with joints. It helps with cytokine storms. Am I allowed to say that? Am I going to get deplatformed because I just said cytokine? It helps with cytokine storms and 
basically your whole immune system. It does so much. I don't want to get into a litany of, of C60 right now, but we're also going to link to that, to the C60 purple power, because those two combined and then with some whole body collagen, bam, Cindy, that's going to be your answer for your hair. I guarantee you. So we got to start with your thyroid, optimize that, check your hormones, make sure you don't have high insulin too, because if your insulin's high, you're a ball of inflammation. And, and then you got to start working on your diet and adding in berberine to take down that insulin. So check your insulin levels. Remember, we want insulin below a six. We want A1C around a 4.9, 5, 5.1. And then use the Acer Custom Oxano Grow. Use some whole body collagen and use the C60 Purple Power orally. Collagen obviously is oral. C60 Purple Power is oral. That combination will be amazing for your hair. Amazing. And you're just going to have to trust me on this one and toss the biotin. Toss, toss, toss the biotin. Does This one's from Diane. Does anyone know which foods interfere with absorption of tyrosine? The answer is all of them. You do not want to take thyroid medication with food. It must be taken one hour away from food on either side. Now, with tyrosine, we know any T4, any, any, any T4. I've said this multiple times. I know many of you have heard this already, but Diane needs to hear this too. With any T4-containing medication, if you're taking it separate, like you are the tyrosine, take it at night right before bed because chances are very, very good that you're not eating one hour before you go to bed because most of us get heartburn if you do. And definitely, there's really good chances that you're not getting up within an hour of going to bed and going down to the kitchen. So that's going to improve absorption and also our gastric juices, our digestive system is different when we are sleeping. And when you take T4, since T4 is very, very slowly broken down, you get a better absorption rate when you take it at night right before bed. So that's going to ease up on things for you there, Diane, because you're not going to have to be panicked about taking tyrosine in the morning and then what can I eat? Because the answer is nothing for one hour. And then you also want to abstain from calcium-containing foods for four hours. No Tums, no calcium pills. You shouldn't be taking those anyways, and you shouldn't be drinking milk. And I don't care if you have a little piece of cheese within four hours, for goodness sake. But no calcium-containing foods and no iron-containing foods four hours, within four hours of taking any thyroid medication. Tyrosine, Levo, Synthroid, Leo, Cytomel, NDT, Armor, WP. I don't care. It has to be one hour. But if you're taking T4 only, take it before bed. Now, some of you can actually get away with taking T4 and T3 before bed to improve absorption of both. T3 tends to act quickly. So it can increase your energy and it can interfere with some people's sleep. Not everyone's, but some people's. So... You can give it a try, but if your sleep is disrupted, then just, you know, just avoid it. That's fine. Okay. Another question from we're not quite sure who is, other than gluten and certain oils, what other foods should be eliminated from your diet when you have Hashimoto's? So gluten and the bad oils, those PUFAs, you are on point, you are on point. Those are must, 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 must. You know, it's funny. I'll get, I'll get calls. I'll, I'll end up talking to, you know, a new patient before we actually get them on the schedule. 
So you know, a person signs up, I call them up, just to, you know, find out who they are, chat a little bit, get them on the schedule, give them everything that they get, their forms, access to my courses, all that fun stuff. And the last people will be like, well, you're not going to tell me like that I have to do like a really strict diet, right? Because I don't know if I can do a really strict diet. And I said, well, here's the thing. There are some tried and true rules. There are some rules that I will not bend. I am not, remember, I'm, I am not going to tell you what you want to hear. I'm going to tell you what you need to hear. So I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh, yeah, you can have your bread. That's not a problem. I would never make you give up bread. We don't want to make you give up bread. You have to do gluten-free bread. And if your insulin is through the roof and you're insulin resistant, then guess what? The bread is probably going out the window completely or you're going to be making your own keto bread because you're going to have to be low carb because of your high insulin. And your high insulin is going to do nothing but exacerbate your symptoms and freaking tank your thyroid. And that's not what we want at all. So there are some rules of this game and gluten-free is one of them. Bad oils is another one. Your corn, canola, safflower, sunflower, all of those PUFAs, polyunsaturated fatty acid oils, are actually more toxic than sugar. More toxic than sugar. So we know that those oils actually produce so much inflammation that your insulin levels elevate with the bad oils as well. Now, I'm not talking about coconut or olive oil or avocado oil or walnut oil. Those are all great. I'm talking about the PUFAs. And I'm certainly not talking about grass-fed meat. I'm not talking about egg yolks. I'm not talking about salmon. All of those are really good, good oils, good fats, good fats. Now, in terms of the cruciferous vegetables, many of you have been told to avoid because they are goitrogenic. This is, that rule is only for raw in large amounts. Now, if you're at a little party, right, a little cocktail party, you get a little plate of veggies and ranch and you're dipping in a couple pieces of cauliflower in the ranch. Hopefully the ranch is organic and not containing PUFAs, right? And you're dipping that, you're eating a couple pieces of raw vegetables. Do I care? No. But if you decide to jump on a raw food diet kick and you're eating all these raw vegetables, yeah, I care. That's not good. You do not want to eat cruciferous vegetables in large amounts in their raw form. Now, if you want to do a nice stir fry for dinner tonight and you want to put broccoli and cauliflower in there and maybe like some shredded cabbage because somehow shredded cabbage and like onions are really good in a stir fry. And you want to do that, that is fine because you're cooking it. You're cooking it down and you're breaking down the goitrogenic effect of that raw veggie to where now you can eat it and you can eat a really big plate of it and be totally, totally fine. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Jessica, I've looked to see if this info is already available, but I didn't see it. What are the healthy ranges of all the thyroid levels? T3, T4, reverse T3, TSH. So you can go to my website. We'll post this in the show notes too. You're going to have a lot of links down there. You're going to have a lot of links. You got that. We got to put in the, uh, the pure paleo meal. We got to put in the vitamin C biophys. We got to put in the D. We got to put in the collagen, the Oxano grow, the C60 purple power. And I'm also going to give you the link to the lab and symptom checklist that gives you all of the optimal ranges for all of those. But just, for your info, Jessica. Okay, free T3, we want 3.5 or above. 
and by or above, I mean that your optimal might be higher than the actual standard lab value range. Remember, guys, we have a standard lab value range that is huge. It's like the side of a barn. And then the functional medicine optimal range is the target, that bullseye, that target on the barn. So when you have this ginormous standard lab value range, what that means is you can be in that, let, let's say you're coming in with a free T3 of 2.6. Well, guess what? You're going to be told that you're normal because it's in that really wide lab value range. Functional medicine, medicine says, hey, wait, we noticed that most people feel better when their free T3 taken without medication for 24 hours is at a 3.5 or above. And some people even do better outside of that cutoff. So that top end cutoff, whether it's a 4.5, 5, wherever your lab value, decide, your lab decides to cut off the, the range for free T3, you might do better at a six. You might do better at an eight. Dr. Weston Childs and I did a joint podcast. He spoke about his wife. We have to deep dive into that. We're going to do another one. I want to learn more. His wife does really, really good when her free T3 level is higher, like an eight, nine, 10. That would blow the socks off your doctor. I guarantee it. They would, they would literally poop their pants. They would poop their pants and then they would pull your medication because that would be next. Not understanding that you might be optimal and you might feel better as a person if your free T3 levels are actually up a little bit more. And this is where those four beautiful, not said enough words come in. How do you feel? That should be the future of medicine. Training doctors to say four words upon exit of med school, they must repeat like swearing, you know, an oath in their Hippocratic oath. I think they should tag on. And I swear that I will ask each and every patient, how do you feel? You know how much better medicine would be if you were asked those four words and had more than five to seven minutes with each doctor, but I'm digressing. And I just got on my soapbox again, didn't I? Okay. Free T4 levels 1.5 or above, or let me say for my Australian peeps and my UK peeps, because I know you're out there, you're on right now. When we are talking about free T3, let me also say in the upper quadrants, because I do have patients in Australia, the UK, South America, Canada, you guys all have different lab values than we have here. And even our labs here can be different. So we have to say in that upper quadrant of the range and maybe over. Remember the maybe over part, right? Upper quadrant or maybe over when it comes to free T3. Free T4, you know, again, 1.5 or above, but dot, dot, dot. I don't really care if your free T4 is low, if your free T3 is really good and your reverse T3 is down. And I ask you, how do you feel? And you tell me, great then do I really care what your free T4 is? No, I don't. Reverse T3 is below a 12. I will accept below a 15. Again, if your free T3 is good, and if I can ask you those four words, how do you feel and you tell me good, then I really don't care if you're coming in with a reverse T3 of a 13 or 14 or 15, if everything else is copacetic. 
TSH below a two. I do not care if it's suppressed, especially if you're on T3 medication. We are not going to go by TSH alone. So TSH below a two. And then let me expand on your question, Jessica. There's also antibodies as well. So there's the TPO and TGA antibodies. And with those antibodies, we want them at zero. So even though the range might say, like in the first question and Ashley's question, her mom's range, because she put the ranges on there, very kind of her, mom's range for TPO and TGA was less than 60. Some labs will have it less than 20. Some labs will have it less than 35. But what if you're coming in at an 18 or a 15 with each of those? Does that mean that you don't have Hashimoto's? No, you have 15 soldiers and they're building and they're building their army and eventually you will be flagged. But today in this point of time, you're not. But you still have antibodies that are attacking your thyroid gland. So those are the optimal reference ranges, but we're still going to give you a free download so that you can have it in your back pocket every single time to get laps. Susie, I had my free T4 and functional range, then started taking, then started on bioidentical hormones and soon it tanked. Is there a correlation? So again, that's kind of a half question. We have to go back to my last answer of, I don't care what your free T4 is. We have to look at what is your free T3 and what is your reverse T3 and then how do you feel? Okay. Free T3 of 2.0, and I'm so fatigued, but I've been told by three docs it's normal. So listen, Natalie, girl, we just said, you can't be walking around with free T3 of a two. I don't even think that that's normal. I have not seen a, a lab range where two is normal. Two would normally be flagged. Even even in, in sick medicine, they have a cutoff of free T3, usually like a 2.2, it normally doesn't go down that low. So I'm telling you, that ain't right. You need to leave your doctor because that is very far from normal. And I don't know where you're located, but three doctors, listen, I've seen six. I know, or I saw six, was misdiagnosed by six. Other people have seen multiple, multiple, multiple doctors. And that's when they come to me is after they're that frustrated and tired and, and have been told that they're normal with air quotes by a bunch of different doctors, including functional and integrative and naturopathic. If you miss that part and you're coming in late, rewind or listen to it another day from the beginning when I go on my soapbox about functional doctors. But no, that's not, that's, that's not, it's not, it's not, it's not. Okay. Let's see here. Mm, 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 mm. Maria Hashimoto's antibodies are through the roof. High reverse T3. Been keto and intermittent fasting for almost two years. Lost 70 kilograms. I don't know what that is in pounds, but that's a lot. I think kilograms, wait, let me try to go back to my powerlifting days. So back to my powerlifting days, everything was in kilograms. Isn't it that we take kilograms and multiply it by two? So have you lost like 140 pounds or am I doing that math wrong? Anyways, back to your question, you're stalled for six months and have another 15 kilograms to lose. So that, yeah, it's got to be double. So you must be telling me you've got another 30 pounds to lose. Okay, so Maria, high reverse T3 is the problem. And obviously, it, it's most likely not coming from high insulin because you've been doing keto and intermittent fasting. Good job. Um, but number one, with intermittent fasting, remember, we want to do it naturally. 
We want to do intermittent fasting naturally because when we force a fast and we say, okay, today I'm going to intermittent fast because I heard it was good for me and I know I want to lose weight. So I'm doing it. Today is going to be an 18-hour fast and you're starving. You're going to increase your cortisol. So that's something else that we have to check on you, Maria. We got to check your cortisol levels. And if those are high or too low, that is going to interfere with thyroid hormone conversion and absorption at the cell level. So you could have thyroid hormone resistance at a cellular level due to high insulin. You might or might not. Listen, I have seen keto people have high insulin. And normally that is an inflammatory response and we have to dig deeper and find that root cause of the problem. Is it heavy metals? Is it nutrient deficiencies? And all of those other things that I'm talking about, the heavy metals and nutrient deficiencies, high estrogen, your hormone profile, are you low testosterone, high estrogen? Do you have low progesterone? All of that has to be taken into consideration because it comes back to that high reverse T3. Something is going on in your body that is pushing up that reverse T3. And we don't know the medication that you're on either with Hashimoto's. So you know by listening to me, I like T3, T4. So um, yeah, you, you really do have to get all the information and we need to know what medication that you're on and you probably need to do more and more testing. All right, we're coming down to it. Last question. How can I boost my T4 as I had half my thyroid removed four years ago and now have a low T4 and joint pain? So this is from Rebecca. Rebecca, I really don't care about your T4. You should be asking me T3. You should be asking me, what? how can I boost my T3? Because T3 is the only thing that gets into the cell. See, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Somebody else's question might school you. So listen up. T3 is the only active thyroid hormone that binds to the cell. T4 is the storage hormone. So you can take all the T4 that you want, but that T4 has to be converted over to T3. Just like we answered the last question, we have to, for Susie, we have to know that what... The other factors are that's pushing up that, re- or maybe that was Maria, what's pushing up the reverse T3. Is it high insulin? We need to know. So we don't really care about T4 because T4 has to convert to T3. We, we take a look at it, but I would rather see your free T3 be optimal and your reverse T3 be optimal. And then you would see a decrease in joint pain. We also want to look at insulin because insulin is very inflammatory and can also increase joint pain. I would want to look at your thyroid antibodies because if those are high, we could be getting into a situation like I talked about in the beginning where autoimmunity gets autoimmune and you you could be moving into a rheumatoid arthritis state. We want to stop that. We want to optimize your thyroid. We want to get your antibodies down. Maybe we use the black cumin seed oil. Maybe we use low-dose naltrexone to get the antibodies down. Low-dose naltrexone will also decrease your joint inflammation. So we can do the both and principle that I personally treat patients by. Both and. That means that we don't just treat your thyroid. We do both and. So we do thyroid, we do hormones, we do insulin, we do everything at the same time. Now, sometimes we need to put the brakes on and go, you know what, your hormones are right here, but if we optimize your thyroid, these are going to go up. So we don't want to treat with bioidentical and thyroid at the same time. Maybe we'll throw in some progesterone and testosterone. We don't want to touch that estrogen because what if we treat your your thyroid and then your estrogen goes up and then it goes into a normal state, but we're treating with estrogen and then you go estrogen dominant. See what I'm saying? Each person is unique and individual. However, 
there still is that both and principle of I can't just magically fix your thyroid by, I don't know, healing your gut. What, right? You always hear me say that. I can't magically produce more T3 if you're in stage four of Hashimoto's and your thyroid's basically half destroyed and I'm just going to focus on your gut. No. We need that. We need, we, we need the T3 in there. Now, I will focus on bringing down your insulin. I will focus on balancing out your hormones. I will make sure that you're not eating garbage foods like we talked about. But we are not going to just do one thing and cross our fingers and wish on a rainbow that it works. We have to do the both and principle. So you guys asked really, really good questions. Okay, one more came in. I ha- I have to. I have to because I love berberine. Okay. Maria, you get you get special treatment today. What multivitamin do you recommend? The primal multi. And how long should you stay on berberine? You can stay on berberine forever. Forever. It is good for your gut. It is a potent antioxidant. It keeps insulin down. It is anti-aging. So it's going to what? What did we say in the very beginning? What drives those aging neurological diseases like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, ALS? High insulin. High insulin. You've got to keep the insulin down. How do you do that berberine? What drives cancer? What do cancer cells feed on? Sugar. You jack your glucose up, jack your insulin up. You're not keeping it down. What keeps it down? Berberine. Keep that down and now you reduce your risk of cancer. So... Listen, we all have cancer cells, but at least let's do things to reduce the risk. So thanks for asking that question. I'm going to toss the link to Designs for Health in the show notes. And this is released as a podcast on the Thyroid Fixer podcast. Many of you are listening to that right now. If you're not, if you're with me on Facebook, YouTube Live, please make sure you subscribe to the Thyroid Fixer podcast on all podcast platforms. Uh, I just posted the link to Designs for Health. You can go there and order all of the different products that we just talked about on today's show. If you use the code VIEW10, get 10% off. So I'm giving you that too, even though you didn't leave me a review. But feel free to leave me a review. If you're liking all the information that I'm giving you, you can only leave a review on Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts. You can only leave a review there, and I would greatly appreciate if you did because it gets this information out to more people. Remember, hope for Hashimoto's. That is the goal. You got to stay with hope. You got to keep with hope. You got to hit. You got. You have to. You have to. So stay hopeful and just remember that things can change. You never have to remain where you are. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, please share this episode and check out the entire Thyroid Fixer podcast on all podcast platforms. If you're on iTunes, it would be awesome if you left me a review. And just a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat, so you always want to check with your doctor about any advice given on this podcast. And if you'd like to schedule a discovery call, please refer to the show notes for all the links. Everything that we talked about in the podcast will be in there with a guide for you on how you can get your life back. Let's get you fixed.